it's what you value yourself but that escape into into magical worlds if you can if you can give your kids that and they have somewhere to go in their head i just think they'll be okay um and i just want them all to be okay and i think for me that was that was the thing that saved me this is social fabric conversations with people about their passion and their contribution to the community for more information go to socialfabric.ie between heaven and hell said one was above one was below the ground who's gonna follow me down it's all good <laughs> great before I start it, I mean I, what I, what I ask people it's just normal question there's nothing majorly personal so if there's yeah. anything you don't want to talk about well, unfortunately talk. Andrea my book is <laughs> majorly personal so well I knew that but at the same time I don't I, I don't, I don't do want to chat <laughs> no and I didn't want to um no I'm, I'm just very conscious it, 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 it's for everybody like I have a friend yeah. of mine she's coming on the, on the podcast but she said look I don't want to talk about my family I said that's fine yeah for whatever yeah. reason I don't want to know Fine, yeah, that's everything. Yeah. So, but well, see, unfortunately, there's nothing that I haven't talked about. Sure. So it kind of puts me in this position that, like, you know, I, I'm actually, I can't not talk to you, and then I've talked to somebody else. Yeah. That'd just be rude. You know? That's fine. That's fine. I appreciate that. <laughs> so I don't mind what you ask me. It's okay, fine. great. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to start with then, uh, Ruth Fismores. Thanks very much. I'm going <laughs> to ask with. I'm going to start with your day. I mean, you must have a really busy life. Like we're meeting today because. Uh, yeah. You had a cat and a dog and to bring to the vet and that's on top of your five kids. So here's yeah, a yeah. snap. A cat, a cat, well, two cats, two dogs and five children. Yeah. So um, busy is one word to describe it. I, my day starts at about 5 a.m. Uh, and I like it that way because it's the only I got I got used to this habit years ago when when the chaos of children started and it was um finding that space in the day where you can just be by yourself like you barely get it when you go into the bathroom and lock the door so I just love getting up early just before it's light you know that kind of gloaming um, and, and, and just having a moment to have my coffee and I'll be like a bear if, if the kids do you know the way sometimes they, mm-hmm. they how dare you get up yeah. before wake early um, if, if they come into the kitchen and, and it's during my time I get really cross like this is my time this is this is my time mama needs this time Uh, I don't always get it but I try um uh yeah and then in the last since actually Simon was in hospital Simon um was sick for about he, he was really really sick in hospital for about 10 weeks before he died and it was a really fraught time um it's just a, a very difficult way um, to, to, to say goodbye to somebody. Um, so the day became, had this pattern of going into the hospital, everything revolved around when you could get in, when you could get back out. And um, my pattern, obviously, uh, up, to, up until then for the past few years was to swim every day. But I would do it, get the kids ready for school, get them to school and then swim with my friends at the Cove in Greystones. Um, and that became not possible because I was in and out of the hospital so we started swimming earlier uh, and discovered the, the the swimrise sunrise crew who uh, you know the happy pair guys or happy pair boys are really behind that one um, and joined this lovely group of people and, and I don't do it every day but as often as I can I find myself drawn to go down and swim with them and um, so the, the the swimming group of friends has has opened up 
and expanded uh, and and there's something really quite addictive about uh, swimming that time of morning um, and those you don't get it every morning but when the when you get a, a really you know smack in the face sunrise and it's just on the surface of the water uh, it's yeah it's kind of addictive the only problem with that is uh, because I've done a few times is the the sunrise changes dramatically from uh, four o'clock in the morning in in the summer to it's going yeah. to be eight o'clock next week or something. So yeah, it, yeah. It really so you're constantly you're changing you your adjust, schedule yeah. all the time. I'm finding that my 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 eldest just started secondary school for the last two weeks, and it hasn't been possible because we're we're our whole. It go to back to your question. Yeah, mm. it's crazy here in the morning. Mm. I I really am considering getting a whistle. Um, getting five <laughs> children up and out in the morning. You're like a sergeant major, you know, and um. We're, we're 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 late a lot of the time we're you know straggling ties and jumpers and lost shoes and and all of that kind of thing um five lunches just five lunches like just even even just think of that as a concept <laughs> five lunches i can't think of it um and i and i have this thing i know people give me advice and they say oh you should do the the lunches the night before i, I can't there's something in me because i i just feel i get depressed about my own life if i had to to just make lunches in the evening I just it's, it, I have to have some time to myself so I, I'd rather get up I think I'm a morning person get up and, and do all those things get the kids to school um, and uh, you know get the swim and then that's my time then to write uh, I have a very limited time in the day that I can actually do my job which is my job now is writing it's nice to be able to say I know I'm going to ask you a lot more <laughs> about that um, so yeah I, I'm kind of limited but in a way that limit is is, is a, is a good a thing a because it really creatively like you know you could sit twiddling your thumbs sitting at a desk for hours you'll plant mm. your plant your bum in the seat but you're you're not actually working and when you're limited to a concentrated couple of hours a day that you can get work done um you, you do sort of streamline yourself a bit and, and and it's plenty you know people say to me how did you write the book well well i had that time when they were in school once the five were in school um it gave me time and time is all you need really yeah okay you gave me a few songs that I asked you, I put you under pressure to pick seven, which is not the easiest thing. <laughs> but um, the first one is a beautiful song by uh, Into My Arms by... Um, yeah, by Nick Cave. Nick Cave. Yeah. It's funny, you know, all a lot of the... I listen to a lot of love songs and um, I realised that it, it's sort of really about a love for the sea. Um, you know, when, when I, obviously when I started swimming, it was, it was a way of coping with all the mad stuff that was happening in my life. But I've really just looking now that things have settled a bit and, and the nurses are gone and, and Simon isn't with us anymore. Um, looking back on it, I just see that I've just been having this big love affair with the sea. And, and for me, that's the, the, that song, it's, it's, it's like one of, it's one of the best love songs there is. Um, that's what the sea is. It's like when Simon had motor neuron disease and he lost movement and uh, when your partner can't hold you anymore, like being held is 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 one of the basic, um, you know, it's a basic human need. I mean, you can have like your children, you can have those kind of hugs, but that basic need to just be held, uh, when it's gone, you search for it in other things. And, and I think that the sea just held me for a couple of years.
that you do But if I did I would kneel down and ask him to see I was going to ask you about it because I was watching a few things on, on you just to because I don't really know you we, we have a couple of friends in common but I don't really know you but so I did a bit of research and uh, there's quite a bit on the internet different interviews you did during the the, the the book launch and so on but the one that interests me you did a, a TEDx talk in uh, in Trinity yeah first of all my first question is why why did you do that because they asked me to um, okay. I, I did I tend to you know, it, that's kind of how I live and, and that's how the book got written. Um, I learned the year Simon was sick to, um, it, you know, we're afraid of so many things. And, and when an opportunity comes along, if someone asks you to do something, often it's really just good to say yes. Um, and, and I like to, I'm drawn to doing things that absolutely petrify me. Okay. Uh, I was always t- afraid of swimming in the sea, um, afraid of jumping into the cold water. Um, similarly, standing up in front of a room of people and um, it's different being interviewed I got used to that over time but standing and giving a speech and presenting something completely terrifies me um, and so I knew the moment the, the, the moment the, 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 the offer came in I said that's something that terrifies me it's an experience I'm going to have to have, have to, to do it, it. And, and it almost killed me but I learned a lot from doing it I, I can't actually watch that TED because I've learned a lot since then mm. and, and I've learned a lot about reading my own work um, it was really a learning curve to do it. Well, yeah. it, it was obviously it was very honest, and you know you weren't comfortable. Obviously, on it, or yeah. there, there were moments where you really needed to take a break, and yeah, which it is was emotional stuff too. Very much it's, so, it's yeah. funny because even in an interview scenario like this, where you're being asked questions and it's a conversation, there's something different to. And I found I found that because I'd been doing a lot of readings and and book things, um, reading your own words and uh, speaking them are two very different things and, and it's a whole different um, uh, skill to learn um, and, and I got quite frustrated that um, the the words as I'd written them and as they were in my head weren't coming out of my mouth in the same way um, and I had to learn I, I still haven't learned but I'm I'm, I'm, You're working you know, on it. I'm working on it but it's a it's, it's a, a difficult one thing. as well and you get it? emotional yeah you, yeah, you, yeah you get like um, a passage that you read and you think yeah I like that and, and as it's coming out of your mouth your, your, your voice just goes and, and, and these these feelings come mm. out that are physical mm. you know uh, so that's I learned a lot of it would have been nice to learn that before I stood up in front of a camera and it ended up on the internet but you know there it is <laughs> yeah but since I, that was for a, was it for creative writing or was it for writers or in, in Trinity what was the group it was they just they had a they just sort of do a theme and they have loads of different people okay. um, that's sort of the way they do it mm. they just have a, a general theme um, so mine was 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 ended up being about sea pottery okay. which was 
kind of bizarre, but that's what came out. I sort of I wrote it specially for it, mm. um, and it was sort of stuff that I would have um, been thinking at the time and had in my journal because I just sort of write little thoughts every day. And, and, and yeah, and then the, 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 it was a fascinating talk because the, the, the whole um, analogy of the sea pottery and you in the in the water, and mm. you know now you finding the sea pottery and. Just fascinating. I mean, I'm there in the cold pretty much every day. I've never looked for anything. I'm going to have to start. It's sort of a skill, though. I have, um, because I do it with the kids now, and some of the kids' friends do it as well. And they're just damn good at it. And, and they're, they're so funny now. They find treasures, you know, bits of sea pottery or bits of sea glass. And there's particular ones... Um, uh, I don't know if you know Nancy, we call her the sea yeah, glass yeah. lady who's down there. Um, yeah. I mean, she's disgusted. She sort of when she saw my TEDx talk, she was like, that's great, Ruth, but could you not have just said that it was Dunleary or something? Just so, <laughs> you know, now th- this is my trade, you know, there's not going to be nothing left on the beach. And the kids know now if they find a treasure, they'll sort of come up and go, look what I found, Mama, and then take a step back because they know I'll just want to snatch it. They don't trust me. <laughs> and what do you do with all the sea pottery? Oh, well, you can see there, there's loads on the windowsills and I have bowls of it everywhere and... Um, uh, you get you do get a little bit that the plain white stuff Nancy says she keeps that because she she draws pictures on it and uses it in her in her she makes paintings or, or not paintings but like art pieces mm-hmm. out of them um I I kind of put them together in different um colors and and um and leave them on plates and and uh, you can see the windowsill there is full of them. so you just have them around the house I as a reminder yeah, of yeah, your yeah, in jars okay. and so yeah. you're not planning to make an installation out of it or anything like that um, can... No, um, I remember um, uh, I, it was. I think it was Mark Lawler actually had the idea that he was going to to make a mosaic on 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 a on a on a garden wall or something with him, which is a lovely idea too. Mm. But I mean, it's one of those things you go, yeah, I must do that. Yeah, maybe in <laughs> ten years' time. <laughs> um, comfortably numb by Pink Floyd. Yeah, beautiful song. That's uh, that's kind of one of our anthems that we sing when we dive into the water myself and my friend Michelle who swim you can often hear us bellowing I am comfortably numb <laughs> and laughing you know with the shock of the water particularly in the winter uh yeah it, it, it's just sort of it, in a jokey way but also in a very real way it sort of sums up um that feeling of, of of that's really often what we're trying to do particularly when we we're swimming in 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 difficult times uh not just numbing ourselves but that's part of it uh it's just resetting the system and 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 washing it all off you know defleeing as we call it see swimming because obviously that's where all books started from but well, all not necessarily the book but that's where your book uh, I found my tribe um, started off with that particular swim you did for for Galen's um, yeah yeah uh, anniversary and now it's about four years since you've been getting in the water pretty much 
Every yeah, day. it was five. Actually, Galen had his fifth. It was, it was, it was, five, it was five years. Um, yeah. he, he got in again just last. Was it two weeks? Or yeah, it yeah. was five years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so five years. So you've been doing it for five years fairly regularly. Try yeah. to do it every day. Yeah. And is, I mean, do you still get what you were getting five years ago? Like you, you started mm. for a reason. You carried on for a separate reason. You're now your, your life yeah. is moving. The sea is still there every day. Is it is it changing? Is it is the same? It, it, it has changed a bit. There's like there's still the fear there, the reluctance, and that's what. But I'm more um, able to see it um, in the broader picture now. So um, it, when I started first, I think it was more immediate. That immediate. I, I'm petrified to do this and then the, the rush of doing it now you know as you do it over time you really get connected to the seasons as well and the change and the temperatures and the, the feeling of swimming at different times of the year you know like this time of year particularly is is a lovely time of year mm. because it's getting cold the outside temperature is getting cold so that reluctance creeps in that you don't feel like doing it but then the payoff is huge because the water is actually still quite warm so when you get in then you're you're pleasantly surprised and you think you're amazing you know <laughs> really it's not that cold but it's sort of that mental process begins of, of the hurdle of, of doing it and and I and also I think um I'm, I'm so much I'm more aware now of the benefits so even when I feel the reluctance I'm I'm, I'm almost um I, I'm glad of it because I know that I'm going to get out of the water and feel good that's a given um so uh yeah I'm probably a bit hardier now than I was would you say you're enjoying it more now then the uh, yeah it's become um as i say the, the the sunrise thing has become um you know i i like swimming on my own it, it can be quite a personal spiritual thing um sound like a hippie um but <laughs> um but also it can be a really social thing and i kind of like that mix i don't like to um I, I don't like it becoming a prescriptive thing either you know that it has to be every morning that it has to be at this time and um it has to be this way uh, i don't like doing that with anything in life um and yet i have to swim so i, I like to change it up because i think um as much as i know it's it's like a it's like a uh, you know knowing what's good for you knowing habits that are good for you and habits that are bad for you you're you're drawn to these addictions but you try to to stick to the ones that are good for you but anything when it becomes prescriptive can be quite um you know you can get chained in by it um so every now and then i i, I might you know i might not swim for a few days and, and then get back to it and it's all the you know realize then yes i do need it and you mm. get that that sense of um yeah still here still need to do that yeah no this is fantastic um and it's as you say. Even this morning it was just beautiful. The sea, the sea was very strong this morning. Don't know why. Yeah. There was something about it. It was really hard to swim in it. Didn't yeah. look like, but I went in with a friend, and the two of us. I thought it was me struggling, but he came back out. He's a great swimmer. He's like, I couldn't swim today. So thank God. It was just me. Well, you probably swim this. See, I just dip, but uh, I love um, the the rough. And that's the thing as well, because we used to uh, not swim in the rough water because there was only a few of us. But now with the group. We will go in if there's a few of us and we're minding each other. Not really rough, but, um, you know, like I got got to the stage where I'm kind of realized now I like a bit of rough, you know. <laughs> but genuinely, there's an energy there about is the an sea energy. And, and, and it feels warmer and yeah. you're being, it's like this, um, it's like a dance you do. You get in and, and you come out just completely energized uh, from from the rough sea. Uh, it, 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 it's fantastic. And I think uh, I'd be similar to you in terms of I don't like to do, to go all the time with the right people with the same people whatever i just go when i feel like but uh, yeah there is um there's a nice sense of um 
community or whatever you want to call it when you're down there and you're oh, all stripped down to to the bare minimums and yeah. you know everybody's looking out for each other it's really you, nice. like it's a lovely thing the swim rise thing um and fair play to the happy pair of boys for you know it's their it's their thing really uh, and they bring down the tea and they're there and they you know they look after everybody and, and make it a social thing um but there's you know i realized the other day that it's such a small little pocket of time in the morning i mean you could be only i might only be down there for 10 15 minutes sometimes and then some mornings are longer mm. and they stretch out for chats um but i see some of these people more than i see some of my like what i would call my closest friends because it's just a thing that you do every day and there's yeah. very few things that you do every day that yeah. you see the same people and it does it creates this lovely bond between people um, and it's an unspoken you're just all doing the same thing and we might not even talk that much sometimes we do um and then when you see them in daily life uh walking along greystone street like it's happened before you know you kind of meet them go oh hi ruth that's what you look like with your clothes on <laughs> you know hey um and, and it's strange seeing people all dressed in their real life clothes <laughs> you know <laughs> Very good. it's just like a little interlude it that's is what I yeah like about it, it is yeah. yeah it's great um you have this song by damien dempsey negative negative vibes negative vibes i don't know yeah. it Tell me about uh, it. it. It's sort of a bit like a prayer. I got really into this sort of spoken word stuff recently, um, uh, you know, as a way of uh, learning how to to um, speak my or, or read my own writing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I did a course down and myself and Michelle did a course down in, in Wexford with um, a guy called Peter Murphy. He goes by the name of Cursed Murphy. He's a spoken worder. And... Uh, just got really into that whole spoken poetry thing and and um and Damien Dempsey actually is a really big sea swimmer apparently as well and uh uh he he talks about about swimming um and and it's just that sort of sense of a prayer of um you know lord give me the just 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 that that it, it's almost it's not like a prayer as in a prayer being something that you're just asking for you're just it's sort of like a please please just let me get through this um i just really like it it's okay. just got a bit of punch you know lord won't you give me the strength to be strong and be true so mighty why waste your time with me if i'm bad ignorant and sad why waste your time you're mad you're just mad because your life is sad you've done nothing worthwhile that's the beauty of this because i'm learning so many new songs and so many yeah, new artists i know them in them so i didn't know this song it's brilliant <laughs> Just uh, um, before uh, your book and before, I mean, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know Simon. Uh, I know, I knew of him because I knew um, of his movies and his shorts. Just being a local guy, but I didn't know. I never met him. Um, but before you, you came out with your book, and what kind of um, support did you get from the community? From from the community, was there? Did you find that you're part of something? You know, because you went through 
a lot of uh, yeah, hardship. Uh, yeah, yeah, like uh, but really, I mean, I've lived in on and off in Greystones for years. Like obviously, Simon was the connection, and and uh, um, we went out for years before we didn't. We, we we used to live in Dublin, um, but there's this thing among Greystones people that they all seem to come back to Greystones and they have these, particularly Simon's group of friends, um, have stayed friends, the same people that he went to secondary school with. He's, they, he was still friends with them and I'm still friends with all of them now. Um, they, there's a huge sense of community and bond and, and coming back to... Uh, you know, like the happy pair guys call it the Shire, <laughs> but it is a bit of, I mean, I don't, I, I feel, I, I feel very, um, I'm glad that I've been taken in and accepted. You're not but, a blow uh, in anymore. But I'm not a, you know, I mean, there's, you're talking about like this generation stuff going on there. I don't know if I'll ever be a, a true blue Greystonian. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'll always be the, the culture from RD. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. Where are you from? I know you're from County Louth. Um, yeah. What was it like then growing up in RD whenever it was? Yeah. I, my dad, um, my dad was a GP in, in RD. Uh, and so I grew up with, um, I, there were six kids in my family, so it was all a bit chaotic and uh, um, lots of animals. A bit really what like of what recreated. Yeah, that's good. That's good. In a way, obviously worked um, for you and. Yeah, it was. It, it was. It, it, like it wasn't close to the sea or anything like that. Very much a one street sa- town. I mean, like I remember the first time I came to Greystones. I have a terrible sense of direction. Simon used to describe it like um, the nothing in Never Ending Story. That like there's literally me and sort of I'm in a little bubble and then outside is just the nothing. And and like genuinely, this is really embarrassing. But when I came to Greystones first, because it's quite circular I used to get lost all the time I don't even know how um because to me yes there should be a straight road with roads off it and that's what a town is that's the town I grew up in um so yeah I have problems with directions um I forgot what you asked me I'm just asking what was it like just I know RD, but um, I'm just wondering what it would like, what it was like growing up there. How? Yeah. Um, what's your memories of it? Um, I, I've, you stayed I've, there until teenage years I'd or beyond. It, it was different. It, it's different to the, the the upbringing people have here because you, you grow up in a town like RD, um, and um, you're once you're finished secondary school, you're gone. You're going to college. You're you you're off on your else. own. Yeah. There's no living at home through college. You're you know you have to get your own place and. Um, uh, you know I was lucky enough to go to college and have that experience and, and I just couldn't get wait to just get out and see the world you know there was a bit of that um, and uh, I got all the way to Dublin <laughs> to go to college <laughs> but yeah there was a sense of you know so I, I, I'm still very connected to RD and uh, my parents still live there and you know you come home at weekends and steal toilet rolls and things and then go back to your to your to your student life so yeah from an early age there was that separation that mm. uh you know there was stuff going on elsewhere and um and, and, and i don't know there was that sense of that's why the, the, the writing the book has been fantastic because um and, and, and as you say the the you know even when somebody is sick like that and simon being the person he was and and um and and he inspired so many people um it, it did connect us to a sense of community and a sense of people helping us and God, the amount of dinners that were left at my front door and all of that. Mm. Um, it, you know, I would have grown up being a bit of, you know, uh, what I did describe when you're have creative aspirations, you feel like a bit of an alien sometimes, you know, and <laughs> it's sort of fellow aliens meet each other and go and greetings. I, I recognize <laughs> this. This is a similar soul to me. Um, so, so, uh, 
it's a, it's been a lovely thing for me writing the book and, and possibly because it's so personal um it's just me talking to myself but when other people to respond to that um and it's positive um yeah the alien tendencies are feeling a little bit more grounded <laughs> <laughs> you know but that's why i'm curious because uh, are, are the um yeah it's not a big town and there's no huge amount going on i mean this is yeah like it's, standard... it's it, at the time it when i grew up it was very you know it was very insular and um, there would have been probably a bit like Greystones back then too it's changed so much sure. I mean Gardaí is a much more commuter town now for Dublin um, it was really there was sort of a lineage of a certain I think there was a, there's loads of Taff families and sort of certain family names and there would just be you know loads of people who were all huge dynasties of families but everybody staying local and um, and not really um, not really a huge influx of, of, of uh, you know of 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 new people new coming people. to the town, but uh, so the, you're, you're, you said you had a creativity in the back of your head. You knew you you were creative. You wanted to be creative. You wanted to explore that creativity. It was it much um, there to, to to help that creativity, or you really had to wait until you got to, to Dublin to, to college. Yeah, no, I mean, I, like in school, I I, I I always loved writing, and um, I um, I I had a I had a lovely time in school. I have one of those strange experiences i had quite a positive experiences with experience with you know religion in terms of we i was in a in, in in primary school it was a catholic school run by nuns and the convent was on top of this 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 hill with a big winding avenue and my dad always looked after the nuns um uh you know medically um i think he you know he, he just used to yeah he, he kind of minded them so they kind of thought he was this saint <laughs> you know he was sort of the he, i was always being told my my granddad was the doctor before so he had that lineage of of, of taking over the the mm-hmm. role and uh it's that thing in a, in a in a in a country town when your dad's the doctor some people actually think my dad is amazing and and he, he he's a very caring man but the nuns had him you know um i was always being told yeah how wonderful <laughs> my dad was and so the nuns really liked me i was really good in school i was very conscientious i had two sort of older brothers who were a bit wild and i was the good one um i always did my work um i loved writing um i remember in primary school i there was a there was an essay competition um to write about your school and i wrote it from the point of view of a mouse that lived in the kitchens and 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 and, and, and i won a prize for that just because it sort of thought of it in a different way maybe um and then in secondary school again i had some great english teachers and but it's that thing when when you're i, I was never it, it, it writing is a huge hugely about confidence and um you finding your own voice is a huge thing um and so my voice i didn't have a voice growing i i loved words um but it was you know too much stephen king and 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 everything and and you know randomly in the middle of the story somebody would get stabbed with a Biro or something you know it was just it, there was no sense of 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 something there it's something that you have to find and um in my case you know life uh, i found it through i didn't find it till i was you know in early 40s or it just coming into 40 um uh, I, I don't know whether that's a similar thing for some people depending on their it took me a long time to figure out who i was i think um i'm just really glad that i did <laughs> Great. the pixies where's my mind 
<laughs> now this is a this is a, a brotherly education i grew up listening to the pixies my two older brothers liked them and i didn't like them growing up um it was just sort of something that was there in the background and somehow by osmosis by the age of 12 i found myself in irish college with my friend afric and she had older brothers too and and we and we bonded over the fact that we both had listened to this album and, and suddenly realized we loved it and suddenly thought we were the coolest thing ever and you know <laughs> used to quote this and that there's all these talky parts in the album Surfer Rosa and we used to kind of strut around and, and, and quote them and think we were really like you know badass um so yeah the Pixies were something that and and, and it, it, it's that thing you do I, I found in the years when um when things got tough that I was drawn back to all this music and, and uh, it, like kind of angry music from when you were younger um that just has that bit of punch uh, and the Pixies was a huge, huge one that that I was drawn back to, and and that song, this song in particular, where is my mind? It it, it stop. It it sort of, it's it, it it it's like that feeling, that badass feeling when you both jump dive into cold water. It just always <laughs> makes me think of that. It's like yeah, come on, bring it. <laughs> <laughs> journaling and uh, you know writing things down all the time and 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 how you as a kid um, doing your stories now you, you five children I'm sure they're all pretty much very individual they're all completely different from one another or there might be some similarities you have twins as well ever uh, twins, twins yeah. yeah yeah and they're all different stages of their schooling so do you see them how do you nurture their creativity if and like not all of them may be creative, maybe all of them are. I don't know. But how do you nurture yeah. that? How do you how do you counteract what maybe some of the schooling is not quite what you would like to be? Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes in school yeah. they they're taught certain things. They come home and looking at lovely drawings around the place. Um, some of them. How do you nurture that? How do you make sure that they get? It's really hard because you know you get to a certain age and then. Um, especially with the, with your eldest, you have it's much easier than further. You have all these aspirations and ways of doing things, and then further down the line, they're just kind of dragged up. Like it's it's um, <laughs> and and also they're they're exposed to things much younger than the older um, kids would have been. So you find like like I look at my younger kids and I go, oh dear God, you know you can really notice in families the younger younger ones versus versus the older ones. Um, the younger kids just spend their entire life trying to emulate their older siblings and go, yeah, I'm into this really. Like yeah, I watch this film. It's you know, is it suitable and all those things. It's mm. it's just much harder to maintain that. Um, as you can see, there's a lot of books around. Um, we, like we love reading in this house. Uh, reading is something that uh, that I've tried to instill in all of them, and and and, and um, in any way you can. Like even if some of them 
we're slower to get to it than others um and you know you just do the graphic novels and the comics and things like that but for some reason for me if i see a child sitting on a on a on a on a tablet and they could be reading a book. I mean, it could be a Kindle. I don't know what they're doing on that tablet, but it just fills me full of anxiety. But if I see a child sitting on a couch uh, lost in a book, it fills me with this deep feeling of, 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 of love and calm. And, and, and it's just like this primal motherly thing is fulfilled. Um, because I just know, for me as a kid... Um, that uh, it's what you, it's what you it's what you value yourself but that escape into into magical worlds if you can if you can give your kids that and they have somewhere to go in their head i just think they'll be okay um and i just want them all to be okay and i think for me that was that was the thing that saved me my whole life was was knowing that um you know you can be free in your own head um no matter what the situation is you know and if you give the a child that power to be free in their own head through reading and stories then um um yeah that, that that's that's all i can give them <laughs> no no and you're right <laughs> you because know? i mean talking to all the people i'm talking to at the moment there's definitely um an issue with overstimulation there's no doubt about it and we're all as guilty uh, yeah whether it's a phone a tablet or television we're constantly fed information that it's just too easy mm. to absorb and i don't know how much of that actually but it's, it's it's really interesting because like it's 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 like exactly what you said. It's the pace, um, and and the social media stuff. And now my eldest is into all these, uh, you know, online. Like it, it's that battle between of they just want to be online doing these games or whatever. And the games are so fast, and 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 they're just being hit with so much stuff. I mean, how can they possibly have any resistance? We can't even. I I, I ended up taking Instagram and all that stuff off my phone because. You know, I'm not as an adult able to 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 manage myself. It's it, it's almost like you know we're 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 slave to it. Um, and and if you look back at like any of the even the TV programs, um, you know, like I mean, I grew up with television, and I have loads of nostalgic memories. I worked in radio, and one of my favorite jobs was we used to do this turn off your TV competition. It was all based on nostalgia of all the old programs you watch as a kid. But if you look back at any of the Muppets or any of those things. Um, the amount of the pace of them has comp- is so much slower mm. than now. The visuals are so much faster. The amount of jokes per second are bam, 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 yeah. bam, um, and that's not a good thing. No, <laughs> you no, know? and I think yeah, it, it, the the pace has gone so far, and now the, the the attention spans seem to be much shorter. Yeah, because everything now has to be fair. But you know, we're as guilty as you know. We we want everything now. We want we yeah. as a society we want everything today, and we want to, we we can't wait for strawberries. In June, we want to have strawberries all year round. Yeah, so that's it's, a, a, it's a huge, you know, like it's a huge thing. And we we had a, a month long. Um, te- the kids were calling it a technology ban, and I was calling it a cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> and we just said, look, let's all. That's why I took. I I had to. I had to do my bit. And I was I was thinking of getting rid of my smartphone, but I couldn't because like there's all these WhatsApp groups for. For, for for like everything for all the kids activities and stuff and I said okay that's not going to work but I'll <laughs> I'll just strip it of all the social media stuff and uh, the kids we had a month of um of of no of no screens um um and uh, did that include was, television it didn't include it, it, they were allowed to watch a movie we'd watch a movie after dinner you know like because I could never 
um, you know, there'd be ghosts, um, you know, there'd be a crack of lightning through the sky for my husband <laughs> if, you know, the, the art of film was, was removed. Um, but so we kept that because I said, God, I have to give them something. But I mean, it was amazing. The first day, one of my sons decided that he was going to walk to Tesco's and, and buy no, the first day there was a lot of, I'll just go, I'll just go on it for a minute. It just, we're like addicts. And no, 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 you're not laid on it at all. Oh, and coming in, trying to find a way around it, maneuver their way around it. And then the, the, the very next day, one of them went down to the shop, bought loads of ingredients from Tesco's and came back and cooked like a recipe from a book. Um, and, and they just started. And then there was all this art going on at the kitchen table Brilliant. and the place was a mess, but like, it was just sort of, oh, wow, I, I, I don't want the screens back. I had to, I had to agree to them back because you know it's it's hard to to eradicate them completely. But if if I'm perfectly honest, I would if I could. Yeah, yeah, no, I <laughs> you know I agree. So the next song is perfect because this this woman's work by Kate Bush. <laughs> yeah, Kate Bush. <laughs> yeah, again, like this woman's work. Yeah, that that song gets me. It's just Kate Bush is just like a feeling. I mean, all the songs are just the ones, you know, it's just a thing in a song that that moves you or a melody or but Kate Bush, she's one of those people her voice is like a musical instrument, you know. Um there is no distinction between voice and instrument. It's just sublime. Um and uh, I love lot of her stuff even she did that weird album where like it's all about she's singing about her washing machine it's quite domestic you know um she just has that that oblique sort of view on the world but that song in particular um yeah it, it's just about love and 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 feelings of loss and um and and that is sort of a very female sense of of those things and it, it just gets me in radio so what was your uh, after college what did you do in college by the way what was I your... did uh, communications in okay. DIT uh, which was like a mix of film and radio and television stuff uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do I knew that like I, I had sort of funny again you know the school system I loved English in school and I was always told you're really good at English and then you know I, I did pretty well in the leaving and I got a, this sounds really bad, I got a B in English and I was disappointed, which is, you know, I was, it was the one thing that I wanted. I didn't really care about anything else. I wanted to get an A in English and I didn't get it. And it, it kind of crippled me for years that um, I, I just thought, oh, I'm not good enough. There are people better than me. I didn't get an A, so that's not something I should do. And funny, my husband as well, he got a C in, in English in the leaving, like, God, you know, <laughs> what does that tell you? Yeah. You know, the creative writing part was, 
I don't know what the syllabus is like now because I'm not there yet, but certainly creative writing wasn't something that was valued in that syllabus as much as it should be, considering the, the island we live on and, and the, yeah, the, the, amazing, the, souls, the souls who come out of it. Yeah, it's funny. Um, and then you, you ended up then working in radio straight after the college? college yeah, I, 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 uh, I did a... Re- out of everything that I did in college, um, we, we did a couple of mad things. Um, I did a, I made a radio documentary um, and really enjoyed it. And just one of the, my teacher in, in college said, that's, you're into radio. Wow. Well, actually I have a contact in, um, in Today FM on the last word. Um, but they're looking for somebody to answer the phones. And so um, just through, through that contact, I went along for an interview and got this job. So I was working as a data entry temp uh, in 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 a, in a kind of an American company, you know, just just clocking in numbers all day, and then in the evening I'd walk down to Today FM, and it, it, like my job doesn't exist anymore because they it's all text and mm. you know um, tweets and all That's that. Right, yeah. But you had to literally they had two people man the phones, and and Eamon Dunphy was on air, um, which used to cause a lot of um, a lot of people to get very emotional. It was a great um, show. Yeah, mm. so I just used to have people screaming down the phone to me, and then I had to condense their rant into a, into a, into a, a succinct kind of a <laughs> um, statement, and then they would all be passed in on pieces of paper into into Mr. Dunphy. Uh, and, and and once I did I did that for for about a year, um, and once I was in there, then another job came up uh, for the afternoon show, completely different to music a, a music show. Uh, and and I went for the job and, and got it and I knew everybody in there at that stage and, and so that's what I did until um, I started having babies. I worked with, with a DJ called Phil Cawley on the afternoon show and, and I produced and researched and um, did, there was only the two of us so it was a wonderful job. Um, it was a really fun, creatively fun job too. Um, you, I would have been writing a lot of scripts and things um, and, and you have to kind of condense down into a, into a I think that kind of affected my writing style actually as time went on because you'd have to condense a lot and mm. it's quite it's quite musical and, and I always in, in in my head my writing is quite musical in my head um so whether that affected or not maybe um and and I did that up until I got myself and Simon got married and, and I got pregnant with Jack my eldest and then went on maternity leave and never went back so and is something would you be interested in going back into it radio or um uh, i love radio and i love going back <laughs> into that world just if i ever have to do interviews and things okay. um no I, I think it was of a time and and at the time i was doing it like a lot of the people that i worked with back then are still there and they they braved it through because as a job it was it was a, it was a really fun job it wasn't massively paid at this at the at the state stage i was at so i would have had to you know like stick through and a, and a lot of people that I worked with are now in kind of higher positions there or whatever but I, I'd rather the, the little limited time that I have I, I love the life that I have now that especially the age the kids are at that I can, can I can there. I can write at home and still be there in you know in in their pickups and and you know chaos uh, so it's a nice it's a nice existence for me now mm. tell all the people the doors <laughs> the doors is another one um an education for my brothers another I, I grew up with the doors in the background constantly and and kind of um you know i have this all these memories of my brothers on on their spectrum computer uh, loading up games and it was this uh, like cassette that had to it made all these funny noises and just it took about half an hour to load up a game you know um and uh, and they'd always have the doors on in the background uh 
and again I used to think oh god what's that noise and then um in later life found myself drawn back to listening to them um and and this song it, it kind of is a funny one it makes me feel really happy this song but it's it's sort of about that um I don't know in, in kind of a, an amused um cheeky way uh after I wrote the book I started getting invited to all these readings and things like that and and and, and get it's that that sense of what other people got from my book um really shocked me you know that people would sort of ask you know take it as sort of a um you know what's your philosophy on this give it you know um tell us tell us what you think or tell you know taking it as sort of a template of how to live or you know and i i'm not really a person i would never i wrote the book just talking to myself i didn't really you know write it as sort of a you should do this or do that or, or or as a document of of um of how to live um and so in, in sort of a cheeky way that that door song you know it's like follow me it's like about going to swim in the sea it's a kind of evangelical and that idea that people might be following you which is comical to me um, um, it just sort of turns that on its head and makes it feel a bit silly because it is <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense I'm just looking at the questions that I wrote in the last couple of days. Um, I went all over the place instead of asking the question I wanted to ask you. We were having a nice chat, but I have a few questions about your book yeah. I haven't forgotten about. Um, <laughs> I read it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, genuinely enjoyed it. Um, it was very raw. It, it, unfortunately, I know some of the people in the book. And when I say yeah. unfortunately, it's just it's, it's it was different. So I, whatever I got out of it, it, it's probably different from people that yeah. don't live in the community, or whatever. But but uh, the just before the the whole thing came out of an article you wrote right for the Irish Times. Yeah. it was Roisin Ingalls. Pretty much, she was pretty much the the person that, that took this on board. And oh, yeah, tell me a little bit about that because Roisin is, is I don't know her personally, but she's I've been reading her stuff for years and she's an yeah, amazing well, character. Roisin, I, I I grew up. Um, I have her book on the shelf there. I grew up reading, like most of us, reading Roisin's articles every week in in the art in, yeah. in the magazine, you know, and always really admired her. She has that same sort of kind of emotional writing. Um, I dare I call it, it, it. It's not necessarily a female way of expressing yourself, but there is something quite feminine about it, you know. Um, just that sort of, mm. um, uh, yeah, navigating emotions, and you know, she 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 would have that in in, in her writing as well. Um, and Roisin was a friend of Simon's uh, because Simon started the whole thing when when he um going through what he did in hospital and, and and ending up on the ventilator and then fighting to stay on the ventilator and he he began writing articles for the Irish Times 
And uh, actually himself and Roisin knew each other from years ago because she interviewed him uh, for one of his short films and she did a spread in the in the Irish Times magazine on him as a filmmaker and, and Simon was a very charming man and, uh, you know, they, they remained friends for years. Um, yeah, he, he did an interview with her. I think it was only supposed to be a small thing and it ended up being this big, huge spread in the Irish Times and he's just a really charismatic person and... and uh, um, and she she gave him a lot of, of time on it and they always they always got on really well and, and they had that relationship of you know he would send her stuff and then she would she would publish it and stuff so that that link was there um and then I I, I wrote the the I had been writing in my in my journal um for years uh, through Simon's illness um just little small bits and pieces here and there um talking to myself literally as a form of therapy, not for anyone to read it, completely private and really would be mortified that anyone would read it. Um, and I, and I, um, I cobbled together sort of a, a few of those thoughts into the, the original Cove article. Uh, and um, it was it was for a friend who had been diagnosed with MS actually, and just trying to persuade them to come and swim. Uh, and uh, then showed it to Simon and then he, he went nuts about it and said, oh my God, you got to, you got to like, you got to send this to Roisin. And, and I didn't really, I was really shy about it. Um, but I trusted Roisin's judgment and I, you know, I, I, I had already been writing and sending things out there, uh, fiction stuff, um, and it didn't really have time for anything with, with everything that was going on. Um, but yeah, Roisin loved it and, and she was very, specific about what she wanted to do with it um she said yeah i love it but i'm gonna hold it was it was kind of what it was around october or something like that and she said no i'm gonna keep it till after christmas and i'm gonna put it out on january um the first monday when everyone goes back to work basically the most miserable day of the year um uh, and, and i think people are gonna love it um and so that's what she did and 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 the thing went nuts um yeah, it because went viral. It, it went nuts, and yeah. uh, from there to the book was quite a short period of time. It was it, it was phenomenally fast. Like it's one of those kind of dream scenarios that you hear about. You know, I'd say that kind of really in shock myself because your sense of, to be honest, your sense of time when you're living the way we did is warped anyway. You know, so a week could go by and it could feel like a decade you know and and so like really that when you're living that intensely um you, you really don't have a sense of days or a sense of, of of months going by you're you're so in the moment that you're just what am i doing today and and you're in it and and you don't look back um so yeah it came out in january and and very quickly she started getting phone calls from agents and things um so i literally, had literally literary agents, agents wow. yeah and um I had been living in this, um, you know, world of babies and things. And I had a lot of these agents ring me up and say, yes, your writing is reminiscent of blah, 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 blah. And I'm going, I haven't read that. I don't, I don't. How, do, when do you think I read anything? I have like all these young children. Do I don't know the price know of nappies. The, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, you know, not the most well-read person. Um, and uh, yeah, so I was in this enviable position of, of being able to choose an agent, you know, which is, is, is unbelievable and, and, and just fantastic as a writer to be able to do that. And, and so I did. And um, I, I, I picked this, this lady called Sarah Williams and, um, and she, we, we started, we, we put together like a few chapters of, of a potential book. 
uh, and that was like so January February by March we had that done and by March we put that out there and and then within like 24 hours I had a book deal wow. um, so it was and then they, they said well we want it by December or whatever and I remember it was like nine months to, to the end I said okay mm. I have to write it by the end of the year so that's how fast it was that was wow. 2016 and the book came out then in 2017 but this uh, summer. as I say when I read it um, the reason I really enjoyed it Apart from the story, which is obviously very, very interesting, very powerful story, but what I really enjoyed it was there was there was nothing like I read before, and I read a lot. I, I read all the time. There was I don't know, it, it, and I'm not I'm not a creative. I don't know. I just playing, but there was no structure that I, that I know that I've seen before. <laughs> Some people don't like that about it, which is fair enough because it, it is it's it's not done chronologically. It's actually done, as I say. Um, it's such a girly thing to say, but well, like the, the chapters feelings. are written, written kind of around feelings and exactly, themes, yeah. themes of feelings. And so no, but you, I, can, you get that from the book, yeah. you get that from which yeah. I really enjoyed it. But what I'm curious about, and I don't know if you have the answer, but from the article, which I didn't read the article, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious what captured all these literary agents and uh, publishing houses imagination. What was it? And was it, <laughs> Do you know, or was it because it's a complete different? Was it because of the story, or I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like at the time, I, I, I sort of, I was, it, it sort of, I, I think, yeah, I, I, you'd have to ask them. I okay. don't know. No, no, just to it's it. a strange one. Yeah, it, it to is answer. a strange one because um, I mean, at the same time, you have, um, I mean, Sam had done the the, the book and the movie. Uh, it's yeah. not dark yet, so I'm just curious. It was obviously the other bookend to the same story from yeah um, I mean I think it's like you put you you, you 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 put two people two creative people in a shitty situation and they're going to make sense of it artistically you know mm. um, and so that's what Simon was doing and and then it, it naturally fell to me it wasn't like we sat down and went no, okay no. Well, well let's let's make a business out of this <laughs> um, it was it was a natural thing that happened because of who we were um, which you know that's it's a kind of it's an interesting question because there is this sort of parallel with the book and with everything that happened like um i'm in the position now where there's sort of a public sense of simon and 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 our my story you know the documentary came out um and it's out there publicly as a story um and that's a strange it's a strange sort of balance to to, to keep um, because I don't see the writing in that way. For me, the writing is is about it's it's the very core raw of me. You know, I mean, there are d- the details of the story, are, you know, channeling feelings and and working things out. But it's it's a very kind of existential sort of, um, uh, figuring things out in your own head or making sense of your situation, which I think is like I mean, for me, that's like kind of the point of of any of my writing anyway or, or, or what the hell are we doing here kind of thing <laughs> um uh, uh, and so whether it was just popular because of the circumstances maybe as well i don't know and 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 it is a strange i mean it's even strange now and simon has gone to 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 i was at a i was at a book reading and um both our books were there side by side and I just thought it just hit me in that way because when you're in it, you don't really think of it like that. I just thought, oh God, there's our, we both wrote a book about the same situation and they're both, it's very strange. Um, mm. It's sort of a, a unique kind of unusual thing that that, that happened. Um, but I, I kind of struggle with that now, sort of the public sense of the story and my own sense of it and for the kids as well. Mm. Um, 
to make sense of it for them um you know but the writing is as i say hopefully universal in that it's it's not you, you can transfer the actual situation to many different situations it's about feelings and about um making sense of our um our, of our of our of ourselves as humans really yeah. for me anyway but is the book been um going to be made into a movie is that correct yeah again weirdness <laughs> no no because in, yeah, in the, a whole new level of and weirdness. it's fantastic and and well done it's great and not that i'm not interested in that because i'm very interested but you'll be yeah. doing a lot of those interviews and somebody else can talk about that but i'm interested uh-huh. in it is you and your family now like there's a movie out, out there about you guys already you know yeah. it's, it's very it's very powerful i watched it the other night i hadn't seen it before it's, it's extremely powerful it's a fantastic story the way you know simon wrote it and it just made your kids are growing up, you're, you know, what's, what's that going to be like for, like, you're obviously thinking about this, you've thought about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. What's well, it going to be like? The documentary particularly is lovely because um, it was, it was made, the director is a family friend of ours and they, um, anytime I, like, it is weird to have, to have Colin Farrell, you know, narrate Simon's words, um, but, I, like the first time we saw it I remember we went into um into the editing suite and they were really nervous to show us and myself and Simon sat, sat through it were the kids with you no 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 just no. the two of us the kids haven't seen it yet that's what I was um, going to ask you yeah, yeah. Um, and the two of us just kind of like did that really you know kind of ugly crying where you're <laughs> it's from the depths of you you know mm. like you're weeping and making weird noises you didn't know you could make and that's for me I remember I just threw my arms around Frankie Fenton the director and just was thanking him because I felt, especially when you're, when you're, when you're living in the moment in these things, um, it was like he had, we, he had just gathered up in a big ball and squished it all together our entire life and all the old footage of the kids and, and all of that and made it into a narrative, like a structure. And I, I, I still get emotional thinking about it. I'm, I'm so, and I don't use that word lightly and I'm so grateful, but I am so grateful it exists for the kids for whenever they want to access that, that they will have this, um, representation of or, or have, have this access to their dad and his voice and and memories that they probably don't remember and footage of them mm. with him as kids you know so that is a good and, they, and they, so you leave it up to them to like your son is 13 yeah so he hasn't seen it yet it, does um, he, when he asks i will ask, okay. you know they're still very much in the um it's different for them i i, I did try and instill in them a sense of that simon wouldn't be might not be with us forever um it was very difficult because simon obviously was living very much in the his 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 mode of survival was to live and and that's why he did so many amazing things um the other side of that is that there isn't much preparation done for when if you won't if you don't live um and i mean that's okay that was his you know that i respected that that was the way he needed to do it um and and it was a beautiful and powerful in its own way um the kind of the fallout of that was um I, I i would have said to the kids that if they asked me is is dada gonna die you know i would say yeah he might but he's not gonna die right now but if that ever changes i will let you know um uh then there's nothing prepares kids for that i think they just sort of had presumed that he was going to exist forever in the state he was in um you know uh, even towards the end when he was so incapacitated you know he was just still here and and it's that thing kids just like to I think they just kind of like to sort of semi-ignore us half the time as long as they know you're kind of there in the background sometimes it's fine um 
but then he wasn't there anymore mm. um and so there it's been whereas me as an adult i would have prepared more and grieved the loss of things on an ongoing basis um up until the point where he died for the kids it's just been smack he's gone um and they had never really dealt with it up until the point where he wasn't there anymore so it's mm. not even a year yet so it's still very so i, I certainly wouldn't be pushing for them to watch the documentary no. but when they do ask um yeah we're gonna we will sit down and 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 it'll be there and i think it will be wonderful it will be that part of it yeah the very last question then let you go um okay you're obviously working on the on the movie the script at the moment that's all taking are you working on any other projects writing uh i'm just finishing i just finished the first draft of the script um and i just have to do a couple of changes for that and it's going to go to the film board and then i want to get back to i've really enjoyed it as a process it's been weird because you have to talk about yourself in the third person and it's kind of it's strange (laughs) it's a totally different different kind of um medium uh and it's a weird time to be doing it as well in in the process of, of of simon not being here anymore uh but it's done and, and I also had to kind of do it over the summer which the kids were on holidays and <laughs> um, it was that talk you know that creative discipline of oh god there's no space in the day to write so I used to, I get up at six in the morning and work for a two hour block of six till eight a.m. Um, while the kids you know kind of were various stages of getting up and watching television and stuff and um, and that's how I did it over the summer um, so yeah coming back now into school time um I want to get writing again and it's that sense of what will I write next and I think like you were saying about the book um, uh, being so raw and personal um, people keep asking me oh, are you going to write another you know book about yourself and I, I think that part of me thinks that that it doesn't exist anymore it's like the the, the door song um, vibe there's a sense I, ha- I have a sense now of what other people think of what I'm writing so I could never be in that same space again and it wouldn't be as pure because you can't write a book like that if you're thinking about what other people think um, it has to be just sure. for me anyway it has to be just a conversation I'm having with myself um, <clears throat> but so, also mentioning <clears throat> talking about when you were saying you were writing your writing style as a kid was uh, a Stephen King whatever yeah, whatever yeah. I'm sure yeah, now they now that you have the the now that you are a writer because you're a published writer so now you have the the license to do to actually sit down and work at something so maybe yeah. is there a novel in you or is yeah there... I, i'm gonna give fiction a go Great. and it's sort of it's it's hilarious because with fiction you just go oh i can say what i want about <laughs> anybody um and and just pick like a whole load of things about loads of different people and put them into one character oh wow <laughs> you know it's like the possibilities are endless it's almost like vertigo with the you know that like dizzy with the the anticipation of it so yeah i'll give it a go and um and my agent is amazing she's like look Ruth, if it's crap i'll tell you it's crap so you know just give it a go well, looking forward to that <laughs> i always ask everybody to leave us with a couple of words of wisdom before the last song give some words of wisdom anything at all oh wow words of wisdom as i say i'm not i'm not really good with 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 the wisdom um giving advice um just for me it's all about love you know just just uh yeah just don't be afraid to, to, to love, you know, as, 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 as love as much as you can, really. God, I sound like such a hippie. That's good it to is. It's, 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 it's always been about love for me and, um, and, and, and adaptability. Um, and, uh, and that's it. Yeah. Sounds good to me. So we're going to leave it with uh, In Your Eyes, Peter Gabriel. Oh, Fabulous song. Lovely gravelly voice. <laughs>
<laughs> I am a cheese ball underneath it all. <laughs> well, Ruth with Morris, thanks a million for your time. Thank you. Much appreciated. I'm